What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of season two. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Tom Cruise Brundog. Kurt, shout out Tom Cruise. Shout out Mission Impossible, because much like Tom Cruise, the Patriots are bringing it to the promised land, pulling off the impossible. Let's fucking go. I'm fired up. Bruno, they're they're getting hot at the right time, my we friend. getting hot. People told us it couldn't be done. People said we were done. People said the dynasty was finished. People said no chance they did anything. A certain someone on this podcast two weeks ago said they were never making the playoffs. No chance. I don't know who fucking said it. It wasn't me. But you know what I'm here to tell you this week, Kurt? Mission Impossible is in full effect. Mission Impossible is in full effect. It's funny, and it's a little bit strange, that we're 6-6, six and six, and we are this excited about where the Patriots are at. Kurt, I'm hyped, and I, I've never been hyped to be 6-6. Six and six. I don't know what to... I, to be 500 this late in the season, I've never been hyped. But here's the thing. I think because the Patriots started 2-5, and five, mm. and everything looked so bleak, and any any hope for playoffs or postseason or whatever really didn't seem plausible. Well, calendar flipped to December, and Bill Belichick put on his big boy pants, and they're they're coming. As the musical industry has said, Kurt, look at me now. Bill's getting paper. <laughs> look at that, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Bruno. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and I I know I've said this on the podcast before regarding the Patriots, but. The fact that we are in December and we are fighting for a playoff spot rather than just knowing that we're going to have one and, oh, are we going to be the one in the two seed this year? Like, that's been our issue for 20 years, which is a very, very good issue to have. But it's making me enjoy the season more, I think, because I don't I don't know what's going to happen. And it, make, it makes me want to tune, tune in every week and at the same time makes me incredibly appreciative for what we got to watch for 20 years yeah and kurt i'm not gonna lie to you we didn't we did not ever used to enjoy the journey because we always knew the destination the destination was always the afc championship game that's where our season basically started almost every single year right well now guess what buddy we don't know the destination so this journey is absolutely electric and i'm loving well i, I was gonna say i'm loving every second of it i'm loving it this week which we're gonna get into why we love it this week but you know as of right now it seems like we're going on the up and up so yeah, I've loved it for the last five weeks. That's for sure. True, true. But Bruno, that was deep. That kind of kind of hit me. Right in- <laughs> Hard hitters coming out of the coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, damn. Playing the field came out to an emotional start today. <laughs> well, uh, we'll just see where the rest of this journey takes us on this episode, Kurt. All right, Bruno. Speaking of journeys, let's talk about Taysom Hill's journey as a quarterback. Ooh, wow. Oh my god! First game, professional segue. Little clap. Hopefully, you can hear that. Hopefully, that sound doesn't sound like golf shit. clap. Golf clap, sure. I don't play golf, but I do clap. Kurt, keep going. We're going to get you on a golf course anyways. Bruno, in the pick six, both your fine self and I uh, discussed how we need to see more from Taysom Hill. Can Taysom Hill throw the football? Hadn't really seen it yet. Struggled in Denver last week. Didn't know what we were going to get. Bruno, he went out there and he threw it. Uh, Saints win this one against the Falcons 21-16. Saints move to 10 and 2, have a pretty firm grip, uh, grasp right now of that number one seed. Uh, I know the, the the Packers are kind of breathing down, the, down their neck, but nice win for the Saints. Drew Brees could be coming back, but let's get into Taysom Hill a little bit. What, what was your reaction about him? Well, I think you and I both wanted to see this week him throw the ball more and try to establish the passing game more, right? Because the previous two weeks, it had been all about 
them finding ways to win, but it seemed like Taysom Hill himself was either rushing touchdowns or their team in general was rushing touchdowns, right? Well, this week, he throws for two touchdowns, right? Which is not something we're used to seeing from Taysom Hill at all. So not to say, you know, just because he threw two touchdowns, he's the best quarterback of all time. I don't think anyone is saying that. But again, like, we, the thing with Taysom Hill was, if you're going to be able to stop, like, the gadget plays in the run game, <clears throat> can he beat you from the air? Again, it's only the Falcons, but at least he was able to do it this week. And again, like, we needed, I think we needed to see him throw the ball decently well. Again, he didn't light it up. I think he had like 230 yards, which was yeah, like decent. He was, he was efficient. He was, he was efficient. efficient. And I think if you're a Saints fan and if you're like Sean Payton, you needed to see them this from Taysom Hill. Because I don't think, you know, again, not that this is saying he's for sure going to be the quarterback of the future. But if you were to make that claim, you had to have him see him at least have a game like this where he could show he could win passing the, passing the ball. So that's my takeaway from it. And that is precisely, as Patriots fans, what we're going through right now with Cam newton because it's like yes cam is uh you know one of the best short yardage runners in nfl history he's really good with his legs blah 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 blah. The patriots are run first but you got to figure out what you have in him because if that's the future you want to know now rather than signing the signing him and then realizing next year uh crap you literally can't throw the ball so similar situation for the saints and uh and the patriots in that regard i will say too this Falcons team hung 40-something points on the Raiders last week. The Saints defense, man, they, they can kind of fly around. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie to you. You would see the score, and you'd think it was a close game. The The Saints went up 21-9 to in the third quarter. I think from there, it was kind of just cruise control. The Falcons scored a touchdown late. Well, not late. Seven minutes left in the fourth quarter to, like, bring it to a five-point game. But to be completely honest, Kurt, you nailed it. The Saints defense is scary. And, like, I, I know that's not new because, like, they've been playing well all season. Like, they especially burst onto the scene when they just destroyed your boy Tampa, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and the Bucks that game where it was, like, what, 45-3 to three or something crazy like yeah. that. But, I mean, again, the Saints defense is incredible, and that could end up being one of the difference makers in the playoffs, right? If we have these offensive teams, like the Packers offensively are unbelievable. The Bucks can be if they are consistent. The Saints are good, obviously. The Seahawks, we know, on offense. But, like, I don't know if any of those teams, maybe, like, the Rams have a good defense, but I don't know if any of those teams have a defense like the Saints do. Yeah, I agree. And i just going to throw us out there. Quick little tease for where we're going later in the show. Um, a certain... Philadelphia Eagles quarterback will be making his first NFL start this week against the Saints defense. So, yikes. Well, we'll get into it. We, uh, as my good, as our good friend Jason Lublin said, the Eagles uh, took out the torch this week, but we will see if the Saints take it out even more next week on the Eagles. Yeah, we 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 sure will. We sure will. Bruno, moving right along. Speaking of taking out trash, um, the Chicago Bears. Oh man. Let's just take them out. Let's just take them out of the league. Let's just Matt Nagy, Pluck, you're gone. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, that whole roster pretty much. Pluck, you're all gone. Just they find ways to lose. They're up in this game 25-13 at the half. They have a pretty good like a stranglehold on the game. And then all of a sudden, late in this game, they go interception, punt. They score a touchdown. The, oh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was reading the, the lines. The Bears in the fourth quarter go punt, punt, fumble, and then they turn over on downs. And they lose the game. Ter- terrible. 34-30, Lions win this one. Uh, the Lions stink, too. Uh, this was just a mess. This, this game was a disaster. 
Yeah, and Kurt, the Bears were up 10 in the fourth quarter, and the Lions scored two touchdowns in the last two minutes and 18 seconds. Not great, and I'm not going to lie to you. They just fired Matt Patricia, so I don't know what this is about Matt Patricia either, that they come back and do this. Again, granted, it is the Bears, but, like, yikes, Kurt. That is, for a team like the Bears, who, like, is in the hunt, and they, I'm pretty sure they were 5-1, and one, and now they're 5-7, and seven, that's not what you want to see. That That is the opposite of what a lot of other teams that we may get into later are doing, now that we're picking up steam into December. They are, what's the opposite of what is also can you pick up steam how, how do you pick they're up losing steam, steam. Losing they're, running steam. Out, they're running out of gas running out of gas thank you Kurt. my brain for a second was like trying to grasp the concept of picking up steam and I was you like, might oh. say you had a brain fart speaking Ooh, of gas well kurt on unbelievable job so far of like making connections and segues your brain is just functioning at an incredible you know they say we only use 10 percent of our brain you're using like 90 so i'm gonna advise you to just write some shit down because you're probably going on another level right now yeah i'll, I'll definitely get on that later Okay, <laughs> Bruno, we did have a little bit of a, not a wager, but a, a promise. Oh, yes. Kept to your your good yeah. friend Matsky, who tunes into every goddamn pick six. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did we say? I don't remember the whole thing, but if the so, Lions won. He had to bet on the Lions, which he did. He bet 20 bucks. He sent me the receipt. So, like, I know he actually did it. And Can't I think confirm. it was he not only had to bet on it, but they had to win. And then what we would do is we would add the Lions game to every future pick six for the rest of the season. All right, we got four weeks to go. The Lions are going to be in every pick six. So Stats Guy isn't going to be happy that most of the six the pick sixes were six games and now they're going to be seven so then the numbers themselves are going to be a little off but thankfully you and i are not math guys stats guy will do that for us now you and i are just going to have electric times discussing what the absolute boop the lines are going to do each each and every god week. i hate the line so much <laughs> so so bad hey bruno if cam newton's hypothetically because mm-hmm. i really like talking about things that aren't just specific to the game with you yeah hypothetically hypothetically it's a lot of syllables in one goddamn word um if cam newton's not here next year okay how would you feel about matt stafford i think matt stafford's definitely underrated we talked about how he's been almost wasting away in the lions my first thought would be like is he healthy because we know all of his back stuff and he's been injured and stuff but provided he's healthy I would definitely be fine signing him again if Cam Newton goes somewhere else. I'd be fine signing Stafford to a one-year deal or something like that. Like I don't want to give him big money in a lot of years, but if it's like one, maybe two years, I mean he can show he can still sling it. And I think his one of his problems with the Lions has always been just an offensive line that's like average to bad. And we've seen the Patriots' offensive line from the recent years now just been like some of the best in the league, especially when they're healthy. So if I, I wouldn't hate that, it just kind of depends. Like I feel like. You sign Stafford if you're in win-now mode, and you go younger or rookie or whatever if you're, like, playing for the future. And, again, you and I had this conversation maybe two or three weeks ago about what's going to happen after the season. Like, is it going to be retool, rebuild, whatever, same thing? I don't know. kind of depends how the season goes. But it will be interesting to see if Stafford is available and Cam's gone if we go pursue that. I – what I'm, like, looking at, like, the free agent quarterbacks for next year. Yeah, who else are they? It's, like, Garoppolo, mm. Matt Stafford, Alex Smith – I th- uh, is Nick Foles? Nick Foles could be released. Oh my God. Could yeah, you imagine? I, I don't oh. want any part of that. <laughs> um, I actually would love Matt Stafford on the Patriots. And I, I'm i very confident that the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback, if not this year, then next year. In the next two years, I think they're going to go after the, like their guy. So I feel like Matt Stafford would be a good bridge 
between assuming Jarrett Stidham is a bust. Let's just hype for the for this purpose. Let's just say he's not it. Okay. So if you bring in a guy like a, a veteran who, honest to God, he's been in a wasteland out in Detroit. He's you've wasted so many good years of Matt Stafford. I remember for fantasy for a while, I was like, I yep. want Stafford because yep. he puts up ridiculous points every week. Um, that's also because the Lions are down by forty points in every game. <laughs> yeah. Still, um, so I don't know. I I find it hard to imagine. And sometimes you know we know Belichick likes to zig when everyone thinks he's going to zag. But I find it hard to imagine he is going to leave the wide receiver group decimated, Agreed. the tight end group decimated going into next year. So you should have better hashtag weapons for somebody, whether it's Cam, whether it's another veteran, or someone like Matt Stafford. I would like the fit with Matt Stafford. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I would be absolutely shocked if we don't make it a priority, whether it's free agency or the draft, or maybe both, to like address those areas of need because we've seen clearly how much that's hampered the team this year. With again, I don't know if it's like on purpose we're not calling plays that you know we're seeing other quarterbacks slinging down the field and stuff like that. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit as well. But whether it's on purpose or whether it's just because we feel we don't have the weapons, I think it's going to be addressed. I mean, Matt Stafford's a gunslinger. I don't know if you saw in this Bears game, he had one of the craziest deep balls I've seen in a long time. It was yeah. a gorgeous pass for a touchdown. I don't know if it was one of the two that like they scored at the end that won in the game. I don't remember exactly which touchdown it was, but it was incredible. So I would, you know, that would be un- that would be unreal if Matt Stafford was a Patriots quarterback. He would just be slinging it all over the place, slinging the damn thing. Uh, you know who was slinging it this week, Bruno? I set you up for that one. You did. I appreciate that. I was thinking, like, just so you guys know, these segues, I don't, I don't, they just, they're right off the brain. They were off the tongue. What, what yeah. say. I, I don't know what I'm going to say. Kurt doesn't know what I'm going to say. And then Kurt says what he says based off of what I say, which I don't know. And he also doesn't know, but then he knows what he says when he says it because he's saying it. Well, I have no idea what you just said, like <laughs> like usual. But the person who was slinging it this week yes. was Mr. Yes. Baker Mayfield uh, down in Tennessee. The Browns win. They moved to nine and three, Bruno, 41 35. Uh, again, one of these games where score, you're like, oh shit, good game, six point game. Well, no, because <laughs> the Browns had 38 points at the half. So it was 38 to seven at halftime. So the game was out of reach. I will say the Titans did not quit, they fought back like, like they always do. Um, that's a tough team to beat, and holy crap, that first half by the Browns was unbelievable. Yeah, so Kurt, the Patriots were on at like 425 or whatever this week, so this was the 1 o'clock game that I had on for most of the time, obviously flipping around trying to catch everything, seeing highlights and stuff like this, but this was on my TV for most of the time for the 1 o'clock hour. My God, I was my jaw just continuously dropped, like lower and lower and lower the whole first half of this game because it felt like the Browns could do nothing wrong. They were balling out on offense. Baker was tossing the damn thing all over the field, spreading the ball around. Whatever they did on offense was working. Even their defense was just absolutely nasty in the first half. And to be completely honest, they went up to the, into the half. Like you said, they went up 38 to seven. I think the only reason the second half was close was because they kind of just turned off the gas. Like it, it just seems like they stepped off the gas, which like you can kind of understand. I mean, you're up 31 points. Obviously, that's not how you want to finish a game. Like, I'm sure that's going to be the, the takeaway from the coaching side of it. And like you said, credit to the Titans for not just folding and like tossing in. Like, they made a valiant effort. And they actually, you know, like they came all the way back to only down six. Like, that, that they had a chance to win the game at the end if onside kick had gone their way. So, I uh, credit to the Titans for doing that. But again, I, I think that the Browns 
what you and I had been saying for weeks is that their previous eight wins were against kind of stinky poo-poo teams, and their three losses were against teams that are decent. This was the first win, I feel like, for the Browns where you can be like, damn, okay, maybe the Browns are not what they used to be because, like we said, the Titans are a good team. They can run the ball. They showed in the second half. So I'm I'm impressed with the Browns' win this week, and it kind of makes me hopeful to see what they'll potentially do later in the season than maybe the playoffs. Yeah, I think, you know, second half, they kind of went out there. Let's end the game. Let's run the ball. Let's run the clock. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mike Vrabel's team doesn't quit on him, but I just – 38 points and a half to a pretty good Titans defense. Like they bent him over a barrel and they just porked him. It was like porked him. Also, completely unrelated to the any game action. Did you see the clip that's going viral on Twitter? Of Baker. Of Baker Mayfield sliding in the celebration? I've watched it. I watched it when I saw it on Twitter for the first time. I just watched it on repeat like 20 times in a row. I Like he had to have practiced that. That was insane. Bruno, that was the cleanest slide i've ever seen and he did like a spin too like he slid right into a spin it was insane so if you guys have not seen it just google cleveland browns touchdown celebration and i'm sure it'll pop up it was so smooth i've i've literally watched it a hundred times it's it's so fun to watch <laughs> i was how i'm like wait baker's facing me and then he's not facing me and then he's taking pictures and then what's happening he just cut and like the way the camera was positioned too like it was looking right at whoever caught the touchdown i forget who caught the touchdown and then he just slides in from the right side of the screen out of nowhere and just it's so smooth it's crazy it's unbelievable i was uh that was better than the game in my opinion yeah hey i mean that clearly they were doing almost everything right yeah seriously bruno you know who's done a lot right this season who the miami dolphins they're sitting in second place in the AFC East, but only one game behind the Buffalo Bills. They win this week against a bad Bengals team, 19-7. to They started slow, but in the last 14 games the Dolphins have played, Bruno, they've won 10 of them. That's, That's kind of crazy. That is crazy. This That team was so, so bad for so, so long. Brian Flores went down there this week. I mean, <laughs> not this week. He went down there uh the start of last season but he's done a really good job and you can see his guys want to play for him the rookies the veterans all mixes really 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 well that's a team that's on the up and up and we talked about losing steam that team is picking up steam as we go and they're gonna need it because that schedule is crazy going on the stretch for them yeah and as you're basically saying not a whole ton to take away from the game itself they beat the bengals who again no joe burrow so like you know probably among the worst teams in the nfl still credit to the dolphins for getting the job done and winning even more about ryan flores just being the man you see there was like that fight that there's whole brawl and whole stuff like tyler boy got ejected yep. i forget the dolphins guy who got ejected uh brian flores was out there fighting for his guys you could you can just tell like all the dolphins players just love playing for him and that like makes a world of like just a huge impact on the team right like when you have a coach who's not being very convincing and doesn't have a buy-in, like he could be as smart as you want, but if the players aren't buying in, it's not really going to do much. You can tell that the players are buying in and like it's paying off, right? Like you said, winning 10 out of their four, last 14 is crazy. So again, not that I'm particularly thrilled as a Patriots fan that this is happening, but just for Brian, like separately for Brian Flores and for a lot of those players, like ex-Patriots on that team, I'm happy that they're doing well. Yes. Uh, I will say this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am a little confused about one thing for the Dolphins, and it's something I've been confused about for a couple weeks. Lay it on me. It's Tua and the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. Mm. Tua has been very meh. He's been very meh. 
He hasn't right. had any like standout moments. He's they've largely kept him kind of bottled up. Um, and it it makes me ask, ask the question: Do the Dolphins care more about the future and preparing Tua for the future and next year more or less than they do about winning right now? Because if they're if they're going for a, like to win right now and make the playoffs this year, which they're the sixth seed right now at eight and four, they're. I don't really think you can look me in the eye and tell me Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't give you a better chance to win right now with that offense. Two has been okay. Fitzpatrick has been better. And I don't really think that's disputable with fat, with stats. Yeah, and it almost feels – that's a great point you brought up. And now that I'm thinking about it, it almost feels like they tried to get the best of both worlds with this. And they're just like crossing their fingers it's going to pay off because I agree with you. I mean, Fitzpatrick's a veteran. He's been there. And again, he was playing well. When they took him out, it's not like he had like done his usual – like, you know, he had six – he has six good games to start the season and then he falls off. He had not fallen off this season. He was playing well. So it almost feels like maybe there was like – decision from the top or something that was like we need to start Tua like he's been sitting long enough we want to see what he can do and then they just started winning and now they're in this awkward spot where it's like okay well you know we like you said we are winning right now putting ourselves in a position to make the playoffs but it's more about getting Tua ready for the years to come I don't know to be honest it's going to be he already pulled Tua once because remember that we talked like a couple weeks ago where he's like I'm pulling him for, for poor performance I don't know how many times you can do that again so like right. you know what I mean so like I don't they're gonna have. They're coming to a critical juncture where it's like they're. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, like you said, their their next four games are are difficult. Yeah. And if you know, if they lose the first two, it's like, well, do you just go? Do you go with Fitzpatrick to try to win the last two, or do you just ride out with Tua? It'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, shit's about to hit the fan for them, and they're gonna see what they got. Let's. Yep. We're gonna get in some pathmetology. We're not math guys, but we're gonna be no. math guys today. Oh, Kurt, that um, was fucking electric. Thanks. Just thought of that. Um, <laughs> Their next four games, they're finishing the season with this. Home against the Chiefs next week. Loss. Home against the Pats, who have beaten them once. Loss. At the Raiders. Win. I guess he didn't win in that one. At the Bills. Loss. So I I agree with everything you just said. So if yep. you're if you're the Patriots and you're you're obviously trying to make the playoffs, okay? You need one team pretty much to fall out of the of the wild card spots. Right now in the wild cards, Cleveland's nine and three, Miami's eight and four, Indy's eight and four. Okay, a lot of these teams play each other. There is going to be a ton of movement as we go forward here. But if you look at these teams, I think the team that needs to come out is Miami. Yep. And I mean, you won week one against them, so you have the head to head right now. The Patriots absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to win the Miami game. Um they have to win out, I think, but we'll get into that later. But I I could see Miami being nine and seven. I could even see them losing all four. They could be eight and eight. Yeah, and that will be a very interesting situation because if you said before the season that they'd be at eight and eight, a lot of people would be like, wow, that's maybe more games than I expected them to win. I think that would be disappointment under the lens of they were at one point eight and four and potentially in the division race and potentially making the playoffs. And then to miss the playoffs would be disappointing from that perspective. But again, it's like, it's like what you went back to, right? Are they trying to win now? Are they viewing any chance of making the playoffs this year as a luxury or are they trying to go all out for the, you know what I mean? So like, I agree though, like as a Patriots fan, I'm thrilled about their upcoming schedule, especially because one of the games against us, you always love to control your own destiny to as much as you can. So like, 
I agree with you. They very much could go, very much could go 0 and 4. I just had this thought though. Who do you think? Who do you think gives them a better chance of beating the Chiefs? Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua? Fitzpatrick. I agree. He's he doesn't give a fuck. He's a wild card. Yeah, he he's don't a care who, he's, he don't he's, care who he's playing against. I could see him go out there and slinging the damn thing against the Chiefs and lighting them up. So that would be incredible if he did that. I mean, I don't want them to win because we, we just said, but like, right. you know, any we're getting into it. But anyways, yeah, yeah I, I I like what you're well, I like where you're going with this path talk. Path talk. Um, here's it. You want to talk about a team who has no path? <laughs> well, Kurt, uh, let's talk the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh god! They fought this week, though. They took the Vikings to overtime. Vikings hashtag in the hunt. Uh, the Vikings win this one, 27-24. There was some scoreboard watching going on between those lowly Jacksonville Jaguars and the team who I will not mention who we're going to talk about next, and I'm going to explode. Um, but uh, you know, the tank for Trevor is on for a couple of these bad teams in the NFL, and I was like, what are the Jaguars doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, lose the goddamn game. Um, but they didn't go away. I literally have nothing to say about this game because I don't care about it. I, like, I really don't care at all about it. But I was like, you're going to lose any chance you have at, like a top two quarterback if you if you just keep trying to win this game. Yeah, Kurt, imagine being on an 11-game losing streak and not having the longest current losing streak in the NFL. That's just a laugh-out-loud statement. Bruno, who... who- who does have the longest losing streak in the NFL? Well, I believe you just referenced them as a team who shall not be named, but they might rhyme, or it, the acronym might be J-E-T-S blank, blank, blank. Suck, suck, suck. <laughs> well, you, they do. Um, so we're obviously going to get into that next game. I agree. The actual game itself, the, Vi- the fact that the Vikings needed overtime to beat the Jaguars is kind of sad, but I guess it's not so, that surprising if it's the Vikings. I will say the Vikings are like putting themselves back in like wildcard contention in the NFC. They're one of those teams that like kind of confuses me because it seems like, like, I don't know, like th- there is talent there, and there's we have this whole Kirk Cousins debate. Like you, you can take any side of the the coin with that, and like you really never know which Kirk Cousins is going to show up, especially when it's in prime time. But like they do have talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So like if they can sneak into the playoffs, maybe they can surprise a team or something like that. But like again, it's like I, I say that, and then they needed overtime to beat the Jaguars. So it's like I it's like I have no idea how to like picture the vikings right now. yeah uh the vikings remind me a little bit of the patriots kind of been a roller coaster season they're back to 500 right. we'll see what happens down the stretch but the vikings are very much in the hunt um you know who's not in the hunt who oh, bruno you tell me this time <laughs> well it is our resident loser football team the new york jets kurt because i'm just gonna set you up for this because i know you have a lot to say yep the jets this week believe it or not i know this is gonna shock some of you so just be put on your uh put on your hats put on your gloves do whatever you gotta do they were in a position to win the game with less than 10 seconds left. They were winning the game with less than 10 seconds left. They should have won the game. They basically did win the game. And then, Kurt, pray tell, what happened at the end to put them, instead of going to 1-11, to 0-12? Well, Bruno, I've seen, you know, my fair share of bad football over the course of my young life. And, um... I can confidently tell you. <laughs> I love it. This was the worst goddamn play call I've ever fucking seen. Uh, it might be in any any sport, any any level, any anything. I it 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 it's baffling to me on so many levels, and nobody, zero people on planet Earth, could convince me otherwise that the Jets did not lose this game on purpose. Oh, 100%. You 100%. cannot convince me otherwise, okay? Bruno, 
So let's just lay this out for you, okay? Yeah, I was going to say, let's set the scene. So it's, like you mentioned, there's under 10 seconds to go. The Raiders, the goddamn Raiders, down by four points. Uh, so what does that mean, Bruno? If you're down by four points under 10 seconds, what do you need? You cannot, well, I mean, theoretically, you could kick a field goal. Wouldn't do anything for you. So essentially what Kurt is saying is you need a touchdown. You need a tutty. You need to go to go get a tutty. Uh, so, you know, most most people will be like, whoo. <laughs> well... If I'm going to try to score a touchdown, where do I have to go? The fucking end zone. You have to go to the fucking end zone. Let's defend <laughs> the end zone. Not the Jets. Oh, my God. Bruno, not the Jets. The Jets are like, <laughs> all out blitz. You know, like in Madden, when you used to play, it's like engage yep. eight. Yep. Greg Williams, who has been fired, the defense coordinator for the <laughs> He Jets, has been fired. He went to engage eight. Uh. And on a play where the Raiders threw a Hail Mary. He leaves an undrafted cornerback on Henry Ruggs with no safety help. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? The Raiders ultimately win the game because I touched down 31-28. Um, but, Bruno, I have I have to read this stat to you. I have to read it. Oh, I know. Is that I'm oh, chapter one? that stat. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, it's that stat. Okay. <laughs> ESPN, stats and info. Oh. They have a check mark. They're legit. They're, this is not fake news, okay? Yep. <clears throat> my god okay the jets made an unprecedented play call you don't fucking say to end their game versus the raiders there were 252 pass plays meeting this following criteria in the last 15 seasons the final 15 seconds of a game down four to eight points 40 plus yards away from the and Bruno, the goddamn New York Jets were the first defense in those 252 pass plays to blitz more than six people. They were they were literally like, oh, you know what? Let's leave that undrafted corner out there against Henry Ruggs and let's lose this fucking game. I mean, yeah. it's I don't think the players are trying to lose the game. But you're putting the players in situations where you know they simply cannot succeed. And I don't remember what Jet safety. I excited that that whole team is irrelevant to me. But some Jet mm. safety came out and said, like, listen, we gotta execute better, but like our coaches gotta help us out with some of these play calls. Like he put Greg Williams on blast. Greg Williams gets fired the day later. Uh that's all publicity, that's all PR bullshit because everyone knew they lost the game on purpose. Yeah, I mean it's just absolutely ludicrous. The the like you said, the Raiders were at like the fifty yard line, needed a touchdown instead of being able like doing the classic. Like I know we say prevent defense prevents you from winning. There's that whole joke. Again, you can find a happy medium between not going that crazy and still guarding the end zone. The fact that they rushed like half their defense to try to sack Derek Carr, basically leaving Henry Ruggs a speedster wide open on like you said this cornerback just catching like the easiest game winning 46 yard touchdown we've ever seen just absolutely ludicrous and you're, you're right i mean kurt there's literally no way that was not a part like there that can't like that's not something where you can just like that's that's as close to an objectively wrong play call as you probably can get in the nfl you know what i mean you can always argue like oh they should have ran it they should have passed it they should have done this they should have done that like that's pretty much as close to black and white as you don't do that as you can get so that being said, I mean, I don't even know what you th say as a Jets fan. Like, maybe you're just happy. Maybe you're like, wow, we didn't ma manage to end up losing because, like, maybe now we're going to get Trevor Lawrence after all. But, like, that's just that's just absolutely wild. And, like, again, it's it's 100% true that that was on. Bruno, I have three more quick things. Then we got to move along because we're taking a long time. 
But okay. Number one, I believe the football gods are going to punish the Jets for this. Oh my God! There, so, something's going to happen. I don't know what. Something's going to happen. Trevor Lawrence might not come. He might just go back to Clemson for a senior year, and then that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, he um, might snap his leg and not be. A, oh I hope God. that doesn't happen. But like, yeah, karma's coming around to the to those Jets. Number two, every Jets fan who I'm friends with, you're all dead to me. All of you are dead to me. Every single oh, God. just for the rest of the season. And then, oh man, number three. Now, Bruno, I'm gonna need you to play along with me for this scenario. Okay, play along with I, me. I, I do this. You do this. Okay. Let's say the Jets. No, nope, I'm going to start with the Pats. The Patriots okay. lose this week to the Rams. Catastrophically, they lose to the, the Dolphins, too. Playoff hopes are gone. Okay. They're out. Patriots are out of the playoffs. We go to that week 16 game. The Jets are 0 15. <laughs> Belichick hates the Jets, Bruno. He hates the Jets. He does. Belichick throws the game on purpose. So the Jets win and don't get Trevor Lawrence. I can see the headlines now. Patriots promote Brian Hoyer to starting quarterback ahead of yeah, Jets game. Jake Bailey, the punter, <laughs> might start at quarterback. Yeah. And Belichick, like, oh, they're all hurt. Jacoby Myers. You're like, oh, they all got COVID. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I do it. I could say, Kurt, honestly, like, I know you said play along. I could legitimately see that. If, if we're out of playoff contention by that point, I could 100%. If we are out of playoff contention, Belichick is going to lose that game. That the Patriots draft picks. Gets Trevor Lawrence out of the AFC East. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. I resign as head coach of the NYJ. Bill Belichick, <laughs> 2000. Oh, God. All right. Moving along, Bruno. Uh, All right. I'm ready. There are some games this year that have really blown my mind. This was not one of them. Mm. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this game in the first half. I'm talking Colts-Texans, Bruno. Great mm-hmm. game. 24-20 at the half. Colts. I'm feeling good. I was rooting for the Colts. I mean, the Texans, because we need for the Patriots need the Colts to drop a game or two. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, the Colts win this one, twenty-six to twenty. But if I just told you the score at halftime was twenty-four to twenty, what does that tell you about the second half? Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. That means that there was two points scored in the second half. Math guy, bang. You are you, you sneaky math guy. What a, when I, what when a I, waste of a half of football. Don't waste my time. Yeah. Do you think there's ever been a half of football where it's just been a safety score? And that's Maybe it? like in 1930. Yeah, true. Shout out to the Great Depression. <laughs> um, that was kind of us in the second half, I'm not going to lie. But uh, yeah, just like you said, um, the first half was electric and exciting. The second half did have some drama, I will say. It came down to Sean Watson, what, he like fumbled the snap at the end yeah. of the game, basically. It was like a low snap. Some people were, you know, that center was having a rough game for the Texans. I don't know his name. So some people were, you know, putting that more on him than Watson. Watson, to his credit, took the blame after the game, said I should have caught it no matter what, put myself in the position to win. Every the, All the tweets and the uh, PR after the game was how Watson took this loss especially hard. He was staying on the sidelines for a while. T.Y. Hilton had to come over and give his condolences for the loss. Sucks for Watson. He's a likable guy. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you're the Texans. Uh, shout out T.Y. Hilton. He's been largely yeah. irrelevant for quite some time now this season, and he's gotten hot the last two weeks. Yeah, and I, it's weird because it's like, is it his connection with Philip Rivers? Is he just not good? I don't know, because T.Y. Hilton's one of those guys that, like, if you've played fantasy in the last 10 years, it's you always used to want to draft him. And now it's like, what's he been doing this year? Yeah, he's been really bad. Uh, but, hey, good for him. He's rejuvenating it at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Is Did Philip Rivers get hurt, or am I imagining that? 
Uh, stats guy, look that up because I don't remember. I think he, so I think he messed guy. his foot up. I th I don't know what's going to happen with that, but that's something to monitor as we go forward. Okay. Yeah, put down the tick with Yeah, Bruno, this next game, uh, we we discussed it in the pick six. We did. We did, really did. Actually, mm. we discussed the Colts game too. Uh, and uh, these next last two games didn't go too well for you in the pick six. But hey, my name's Kurt. I'm so smart. <laughs> Big brain stuff, Bruno. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> oh wow, that was a low blow. Well, you, I did say in the beginning, your brain's at like 90% functioning right now. So, you know what? I have to see that. Yeah, speaking of low, the uh, the Cardinals quarterback is pretty low to the ground. And he had he he struggled this week. Um, the Rams beat the Cardinals 38-28. The Cardinals have kind of fallen. They've fallen from their good graces. They are out of the playoff picture right now. I'm uh, looking up. Yeah. So, you know, looking up, Kyler Murray does it a lot. He has to do that. But, I mean, oh, God. okay, enough short jokes. I never get it. I'm six foot five. I wouldn't know about that lifestyle. But, um, wow. I would, did this game tell you more about the Rams or more about the Cardinals, Bruno? I would say this told me more about the Rams because ding, and I'll tell ding, you ding, why. Ding. I think, I mean, well, not I think. The Cardinals, if they didn't have that Hail Mary win against the Bills, I'm pretty sure they would have lost five in a row like i think they're one and four in their last five so again it's not like this this skid has come out of nowhere they've kind of been in this rut i think for a little bit but the rams you and i had just talked about you correctly said this on the pick six they were coming off a game where jared goff didn't play well sean mcvay called them out we were saying what's the deal their defense is really good can their offense pull, pick up the slack well their offense picked up the slack this game and their defense did well enough and again like it seems like if the rams aren't playing the 49ers maybe then they're just going to be one of the teams to beat in the nfc because they were able to, you know, it, it, I know it was only a 10-point win, but it felt a lot more of like a convincing win than that. Yeah, and I know they had a pick six late, like the Rams had a pick six late to kind of really ice the game, but it did feel a lot different than that. And uh, really nice bounce-back game by Jared Goff. He threw for like 350, incredibly efficient. Um, you're right, McVay did call him out, and uh, he responded in a big way. So, like I mentioned, I'm glad they won. I'm glad they feel good about themselves now. And now you're going to the Thunderdome thursday night when uh cam and big dick belichick come in there so yeah and we you know not to spoil too much but we just were in the thunderdome and came out successful and we're going right back in we want seconds. one might say we didn't leave we ain't leaving i ain't leaving <laughs> um bruno this next game who this next Shock game. shocker i need shocker. you to start because i don't know what i want to say about it yeah I, mean, I need you to start this one okay so to start the New York football giants went in to Seattle, one of the hardest places to play in all of football. And again, I know it's COVID, so less fans, but still going to Seattle, usually not teams are not able to do well. They immediately went down uh, by the electric score of five to nothing. Yeah. At time, have you ever seen that score ever at the half five I to mean, nothing? That was hilarious. I mean, we were just talking about a two nothing second half from the other game, and this is a five nothing first half. So they went into halftime not putting up a single point and being down five nothing, and they came back to win seventeen to twelve over the Seahawks in a game where you know I think coming into the game people were like, "Wow, the Giants have been playing better. They're fighting hard." I don't think many people were expecting them to come in and with their defense kind of shut down Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Kurt, what is what's your take? My takeaway is the Giants' defense. Okay, we know the Seattle defense is bad. Okay, so the Giants scoring 17 yes. points doesn't really shock me. I'm surprised it took them that long to score. But you have to remember, sure. Colt McCoy is their quarterback. They're on like their third yes. running back, fourth running back of the season. Like, I'll cut them some slack. Okay, mm -hmm. the Giants defense 
Shout out Joe Judge. Shout out Patrick Graham, old Patriots coach yep. who's calling the defense for the yep. Giants. Those boys, <clears throat> excuse me, those men. Mm. G-men. Oh, that was smooth. <laughs> Nailed it. I, I don't know if our <laughs> stupid audio cuts out sometimes when we talk too fast, but Bernard said the G-men, so that was that was real smooth of him. Um like it. But they were flying around the field. Flying yeah. around the field. They I think they sacked Russell like five times or something like that. I know yeah. the I mean the Seahawks offensive line is kind of meh. Like they're not really anything special. But I was mm-hmm. just I was kind of floored. I was kind of floored about that. Um but huge win for the Giants. Obviously, they're going for the NFC NFC East title, um, but that's a huge, huge win. And I will say this one last thing: the Giants play so hard for Joe Judge. I mean, they've been in like every game, so great job by them. Uh, this it, I feel like it's coming down to a two-team race in the NFC East: the Giants and the Washington Football Team. So we'll see where that goes. But huge, huge win for the Giants. Seahawks, they're 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 a wild card team right now. They're the number five seed. Yeah. Um. In in a, I feel a little bit bad for the Giants because we're gonna get into it later because this game's coming up. But not the biggest upset and most impressive win from their own division this week. That goes to the Washington Football Team, which again we're gonna talk about. The Se- but again, like you said, you know, the Giants. Credit to them, their defense played great. The Seahawks. This is concerning. I'm not going to lie to you. They had an amazing start to the season. They were breaking offensive records left and right. They were winning every game. It seemed like they had all the touchdown luck. It's almost reminiscent of like, remember the Patriots defense like two years ago when it was like, we just had the most historic defense of all time. And then it's like, that you was, just can't that sustain was last that. Year. Or last year. Yeah, I guess. Um, it was like, you know, it was incredible. And not that they weren't good, but it's just like, you can't sustain that level. It's the same thing. It almost feels like with the Seahawks offense, like you just couldn't sustain what they were doing the first like five, six weeks of the season. So not that there's not time and not that, you know, Russell will like anytime you have Russell Wilson and those like wide receivers on the team, like anything can happen. But like, you know, as we're starting to see some teams grow and grow and peak at the right time, it seems like they're, you know, struggling a little bit. Like you said, the wild card team. I mean, yikes, Kurt. I I don't know where their season's going, but uh, you know, it's going on the decline. As yeah, it sure is. Uh, speaking of decline, I mentioned it earlier. You mentioned taking out the Tarsh. Let's take it out. Mm. Take the Tarsh out. Take the Eagles well, out of contention. Take them out of the league forever. Ban them from the NFL. Do what you got to do. Don't let Carson Wentz ever play quarterback again. Don't let Doug Peterson coach a game again. Just remove Philadelphia. Shoot them out of the sky. That's it. Yeah, the Packers beat the Eagles 30-16. to 16. The game is irrelevant. The Packers were always going to win this game. The biggest story is that Carson Wentz struggled again in this game, got benched for Jalen Hurts in this game, and recently, I think literally today, it was announced that Jalen Hurts will be the starter, at least for this week, and probably moving yeah, forward. I, so, gotta, No, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, got to love uh, Carson Wentz. I don't know if this is the first year of his huge deal he signed or if that's next year. I don't know when that deal is, but like he signed like a – four-year like a hundred something million dollar contract gotta love uh benching him already so that's uh that's great yeah dude i <laughs> i'm excited to see jalen hurts i'm terrified that his first start is against the saints defense yep. i hope he gets a fair shot yep because if he sucks this week and it's rough when it's it's probably going to be rough because of his opponent um and because the eagles offense is so putrid awful putrid terrible um I, I want him to get a fair shot. So you know what you have with Carson Wentz, and it, and it ain't good. So play Jalen Hurts the rest of the year. It, I mean, if you go to the playoffs, you're going to lose by 50 to whoever you play anyway. So it doesn't matter about the playoffs. Just 
play Jalen Hurts, see what you got, and go from there. Uh, the Eagles have made a mess, though, with the Carson Wentz thing, signing him to that massive deal. Because what do you do? Everyone can see his tape. Is the team going to go trade for him? Like, do you? Or if they, if they do go trade for him, and maybe some team, I don't know, like the Colts or someone with Phil Rivers close to retirement, maybe they'll go out and try to get the Bears. Carson, the Bears. Oh, God. Um, imagine going from Trubisky to Foles, back to Trubisky to Carson Wentz. <laughs> that would be electric. Holy hell. <laughs> um, good God. I just, uh, you're going to get nothing in return for him. Yep. So that's something to monitor. On the other side of things, Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers is my MVP so far this season. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. It is not close. Um, Well, Justin Jefferson. Um, But a great game by the Packers. They were on cruise control, really, from the second quarter on. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers threw his 400th touchdown pass. That's pretty crazy. So I'm sure he'll get to, you know, he'll keep racking up those touchdown passes. But like you said, the Packers, you know, no matter who was playing quarterback for the Eagles, the Packers were going to win this game. So, you know, they they kept pace. Well, they're nine and three. So unless Carson Wentz was playing for the Packers and they probably wouldn't have won. But well, that's a good point. Anyone else. So good job of the Packers. Eagles, get off. Get off the NFL. Get out. Get just out. Just get off. Just, just go away. Just get off. Just get off. <laughs> get off. Um, here, Bruno, Sunday night football, sneaky, sneaky. Those Broncos, they go to Arrowhead and they, they had it, they had it. And then they didn't have it. They lost 22, 16 to Patty Mahomes and the chiefs. Um, here's what I'll say about this game. The Broncos shouldn't have been in it. They had mm-hmm. every chance to win it. Drew Locke kind of shit down his pants, pissed down his leg. That's what I was trying to say. Not yep. shit. Yep. Pissed down. Well, maybe leg. he did that too, but yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe pooped a little bit too. A little poopage. Um, <laughs> <A> little poopage. <laughs> but. Here's, here's okay. my takeaway from the game, okay? I do not oh. want to see another Chiefs game in primetime because I don't want to hear about Patrick Mahomes anymore. Yeah, like, fair. I know, I know, I know, I know he's good. He's really, really good. He's great. Patrick Mahomes is great. Why do we have to fetishize mm. every fucking throw he makes? He'll throw a five-yard out. And Chris Collinsworth will literally have a boner in the booth. And they'll be like, did you see that throw from Mahomes? Nobody's ever done this. It's like, yes, the six-year-old playing in the park's doing that. Like, let's let's simmer down about some of this stuff. I know they talk about, like, Aaron Rodgers kind of put him on blast a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you saw his interview with Pat McAfee. I did not see. I saw the interview. I didn't see him put him on blast. Though. Well, what did he I think kind of on blast. It was like. McAfee was talking about how uh, the Mahomes no look pass and oh, like, oh yes he's like yep. oh yep yeah I forgot Mahomes invented that like very yeah. sarcastically because <laughs> many other quarterbacks have done it but no one cared until Mahomes did it yeah so it's just I'm so tired of it I'm so sick of it I I we know we know the Chiefs are good we know they're going to be there at the end of the year I don't need to hear you get literally wet every time Patrick Mahomes does something. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Most importantly, Kurt, I agree with the primetime game thing. Low-key, Kurt, and by low-key, I mean high-key, their last four games have all been one-score games. None of them have been convincing victories. I know last week was against the Bucks, and like they kind of let the Bucks back in the game late, but still, like the, the actual games themselves almost feels like the Chiefs, like 
don't even care until it's the fourth quarter and they're like, oh yeah, we should probably win. So we don't need to see them anymore. We know they're good. I'm sure when the playoffs come, they're going to take up another level because that's just what they seem to be doing. But I agree. Like Patrick Mahomes, he's playing well. We get it. He was MV- he's like MVP level player. Like we know. So I, I don't really need to see any more of their games. I don't know if they have any more. Oh, they are playing the Saints in two weeks. That one I'm okay with. Yeah, the other three one. that they got, I don't need to see at all because right. they're just going to be boring. Like the head, the fucking head, the thumbnail on ESPN. Mahomes comes alive in the second half with yeah. tricky passes and a TD. Oh my god. It's like that's the Chiefs. Have you seen the Chiefs play? That's just what they do. Like, what does his dick taste like? Because all of you have it in your mouth. Oh, Kurt, you can't put it any more uh bluntly than that. Yeah, like take it out. Like please take it out. Um <laughs> I will I will say mm-hmm. I, I as mad as I am about the Chiefs in the top of the division in the AFC pretty much, mm-hmm. I would like to call out the next team as the worst previously undefeated team ever. And Kurt, there was a certain someone who predicted the Steelers would go undefeated this year, and I think it was you. So you have anything to say to me? <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> That's what I have to say to you. Who, who, who predicted that the Steelers are going undefeated? Oh, Kurt, fuck it. I wanted to have fun, okay? Fine. I guarantee you, the team you probably thought least could beat them, beat them. Yeah. Because... Uh, the Washington football team marched their ass into Pittsburgh last night and beat the Steelers 23-17. They end the perfect season. The 72 Dolphins can rest easy. The, 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 woohoo. Congratulations. Um, what a what a performance by Washington. For it, it was gritty. It was gritty. The defense played great for Washington. Alex Smith, I need to talk about this for one second. Before I He's 3-1 as a starter this year since he took over mm-hmm. he's playing on literally one leg and then did you see oh. bruno i wasn't paying attention to the game last night i was like tweeting or doing something but i i'm always do and i looked up I, the game was muted and i saw the image they had on the tv yep. of like blood like squirting down alex like alex smith's leg mm-hmm. and it was like under his uh like long sleeve or long long leg that's not the right word like compression yeah. pants and uh, it, was, it looked like someone got murdered. And yep. I was like, that's the bad leg. His leg snapped. It happened again. His his life's going to be over again. And thankfully, it was the other leg. But the, he didn't come out. He didn't flinch. And he played really, really well. Yeah, it reminded me of Kurt Schilling. But obviously, this one looked a lot worse. Like, that was my first. I was like, oh, man, Kurt Schilling. But uh, yeah, he I think he got, like, cleated or in his shin. Something where someone either stepped on him or kicked him in the shin. It looked disgusting. There was blood all over his foot running on his leg. But again... Like you said, not only did he grit it out and stay in the game, he, his team gritted out the win. I don't know what the future holds for the Washington football team, but having Ron Rivera battle through cancer treatments earlier this season and stick it out for the team, how having Alex Smith with the like most comeback player of the year of all time performance from coming back from what he did and coming back, you know, it's almost like like the Giants are also a little fun to root for because of Joe Judge and the Patriot connections, and they fight hard too. But it's almost like, like I, I think we need the storybook ending for this Washington football team. Like this is what they're doing is crazy. This is a great game and an undefeated season. I will say on the flip side, Kurt, this is probably going to end up. Well, I don't know about end up for at least right now. This is probably a good thing for the Steelers. I'm just going to be completely honest. Yeah, the, I think I don't know if they were feeling the pressure necessarily because it seemed like they kind of weren't playing that great, you know, anyways, and they did have a lot of wins over bad teams but what i will say is again now no one's now people are going to be like talking bad about them now everyone's going to be saying the chiefs are the absolute favorites not that they weren't before but now you're going to definitely be say that and what they can do is take this and really be like all right let's like yes we are 11 and 1 
maybe our record's a little above where it should be, but let's really figure out and sit down like how we're going to improve as a football team. I don't think it would have been good if they had gone into the playoffs for them undefeated. I think they probably needed to lose a game to go before that point. Yeah, and I remember when Belichick said that looking back in hindsight, it would have been good for the good for the Patriots to lose a game. Um, it is probably a good thing the Steelers lost in the regular season, but this is a trend now that that's two weeks in a row where they really have struggled. They should have blown out that Ravens team last week. They only won by five. Yep. Um, that uh, The Ravens had COVID issues. They had issues all up and down the board. They played bad, and they played really bad again. They can't run the football. The Steelers can't run the ball. I know. Bruno, my dream. Oh, my goddamn dream. The, the Chiefs somehow are the one seed in the AFC. The Steelers drop to two. They lose a bye. The Patriots sneak in as a seven seed. Oh my god! And they go to Pittsburgh. I I need it. I don't want it. I need it. Wait. I so let it. me ask you this, Kurt. The the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, which is an AFC team. The Steelers lost to the Washington Football Team, which is NFC. Does that mean the Steelers, as of now, are still first? Correct. So if they finish fifteen and one, both of them, then the Steelers have the one seed. Correct. Okay. So we need the Bill. Well, probably not that we don't want the Bills. We need the we Brown. Want- I want the play. Browns to beat them. Yeah, yep. we need the Browns to beat them at then, or the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals beat them too. Shoot, I mean, let's get crazy. <laughs> let's get crazy with it. All right, that brings us to uh, to the last game. Okay, uh, speaking of those Bills, mm. Josh Allen, man, what a performance! The Buffalo Bills go out to not San Francisco. They go to Arizona, which is the home for the 49ers for a couple yep. of weeks here. And they uh, they kind of dismantled the 49ers 34-24. They were up 34-17 in the fourth quarter. Game yep. really got away from the 49ers. But Josh Allen just was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. That was the, that was the best I've seen him look in the, ever. So good for him. Yeah, honestly, the Bills started out the season hot. Then they kind of had a little bit of a rough stretch, but it seems like they're riding the ship right now. Not great for Patriots fans, but as like, you know, a Josh Josh Allen's a likable guy. The team, again, like when is the last time we've seen the Bills 9-3? and three? So like they're really impressive. Again, the 49ers, didn't they just beat the Rams last week? So they were coming yeah. off of like people being like, oh, the 49ers are back in it. So to me, this is a really good win for the Bills. Unfortunately, we don't want that for the Patriots. But again, if we're just looking at the context of this game, Josh Allen looked great. He's spreading the ball around. He was doing great things. So... They're, you know, again, they're they're playing the Steelers. I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but, you know, we might have some uh, bills in the top tier of the AFC talk going on, depending on how their upcoming games go. Yeah, I think that's very plausible. The Bills are the number three seed in the AFC. I think it's mm-hmm. very, very plausible. So uh, we will see as we go forward, but that's a great win on the road for them. And um, I predicted that the, the Bills would win the division, and then it's they're, they're gaining on it. They're gaining yeah. on it. I will but, say this, yeah. They're scheduled to end the season again, just similarly to Miami. They kind of have a gauntlet here. They kind of have a gauntlet. And it's mm-hmm. if they lose three out of four and they end up 10 and six and the Patriots went out, if the, the Patriots are going to win the division, <laughs> they have this, they're against the Steelers, the Broncos, the Pats, and the Dolphins. Let's get crazy. They could lose three. Let's get crazy with it. Let's just get fucking nuts with it. I mean, let's just get nuts. Um, speaking of nuts. Oh. Bang. I, there's a lot of ways I could go with that side. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go to the Patriots. What a performance.
What a performance. They head out to uh, Los Angeles, and uh, Bill Belichick gets his uh, – he's won in 50 NFL stadiums now. He wins at SoFi Stadium 45 to nothing over Justin Herbert and Anthony Lynn. Uh, I We both thought the Patriots would win the game. I don't think either of us thought they'd win by 45 points and shut out Justin Herbert. <laughs> no, and Kurt, to uh, to keep going off that train of thought that you just brought up, what our thought process was heading into this game, we knew Bill Belichick was basically the greatest coach of all time. We knew Anthony Lynn, especially after seeing him mismanage the clock the week before and just his body of work, not the greatest coach of all time. So I think going into this game, we were already predicting a coaching mismatch, which is why a lot of people thought the Patriots were going to win this game. I don't think people thought the mismatch was this big because, Kurt, literally, it felt like everything went right for the Patriots and literally everything went wrong for the Chargers. It was that bad. Yeah, it was one of the most... Bill Belichick, if, you, if you're if you a Patriots fan and you listen to him and his, his any of his press conferences ever, he'll talk about complimentary football, okay? That was the most complimentary football I've ever seen. Like, you had all three phases just working in perfect harmony and perfect unison. And that was the outcome. Devin McCourty said after the game, the Patriots haven't had that much fun in years. Like that was, that was really, that was a really, really special performance. And it started. Okay. I would say I'll flip it on you and then I'll answer. What were you most impressed with the offense, the defense or special teams? I think I was most impressed with the special teams because a, the volume of plays that they made, be like the versatility because again i i know this is specific to one guy but gunner olszewski doing things like he he literally like caught a touchdown then then the next play on the kickoff went off and made a crazy tackle on this but like he was going crazy himself specifically i just think there was it was like it takes a lot for you to be like damn their special teams is playing really well you know what i mean and that was a thought we thought like multiple times this game so i would say that i mean i had thought you, we have talked all season long about how the Patriots defense does well against young quarterbacks playing the Patriots for the first time. So I thought the Patriots defense was going to play well. Obviously, they played incredible because they didn't allow any a single point. But I was most impressed with special teams, especially because I think it was last week, right, where Gunnar Olszewski would have had his first punt return for a touchdown, yeah. but it got called back to that stupid block. And then he just was like, psych, I'm going to do it. Basically, I'm going to do it two weeks in a row. And he did it again. This yeah, week. Mike Reese, the uh, NFL beat writer for the Patriots on ESPN, that was his like they had to give like a hot take prediction for the game, and that was his that was his prediction before the game was Gunner was going to get his first career punt return. Bang, Bang, he got it, and then he almost had a second punt return, and then yep. he caught a touchdown and then made a tackle on special teams, like you said, just a ridiculous performance from him. I got serious, serious 2012 Julian Edelman vibes from Gunner, like because when Edelman came into the league. It was slow. All he did was return punts. He didn't do anything for a couple of years. And then he slowly started to get into the yep. into the mix. Patriots beat writers all camp said Gunner was the most improved player on the Patriots roster. Then he got hurt. And I think he kind of got behind the eight ball a little bit. But I think he's kind of figuring it out, working his way back in. Um, I could not have been happier for him. Uh, the special teams were incredibly impressive. Incredibly impressive. Uh, punt return, touchdown. Blocked field goal, returned scoop and score, touchdown. Oh, that was ridiculous too. I was, I forgot about that. <laughs> but I was more impressed with the defense. I figured you would be, but I wanted to give shine. Well, yeah, well, shout out special teams all day. That was, and I'm sure Belichick literally, literally got off to it because he. <laughs> I've never seen someone care more about special teams than Bill Belichick. So, for, well, speaking of getting off, Kurt, why don't you get off to this? Let's defense? get. I'm gonna try. Um, <sighs> okay. 
settle yourself. <laughs> the most impressive thing I think about this game is something that you haven't seen around the Patriots in quite some time. And it was the fact that they were able to generate pressure with three oh God. and sometimes four players. So if you can do that, if you can get pressure, you can get home with three or four guys and that leaves seven guys in the secondary. Oh, well, good luck. Especially when two of them are JC Jackson and Stefan Gilmore. Cause I mean, oh my God. good luck. Um, the it's, 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 awesome to see the young guys out there doing what they what they're supposed to do and what belichick brought them here for and i know we talked about it a couple episodes ago but there are some cornerstones i think on this defense who are going to be here for a long long time who are just a joy to watch play chase winovich animal and i've i've loved it since the draft josh uche yeah. is so goddamn good he's He's like a Swiss army knife. He can do whatever. He's good in run support. He can get after the quarterback. He can drop back into coverage. It's been... Winovich did the same thing too. He had an interception. Chase Winovich, who Belichick called a defensive tackle this week, went out and met, had an interception. It's just... Adam Butler has continued his trend of just demolishing everybody in sight. And it's been... The defense has really, really turned it on the last couple of weeks. Um so that is incredibly exciting to think about. They're going to have a huge test, a monster test this week against um, uh, the Rams. So we will see. We will see where that goes. But they're peaking at the right time defensively. I don't know. Well, I'm sure you do remember. But Super Bowl 53, <laughs> the way I said Belichick broke the Rams. He broke the Rams. And he kind of put the... The, the blueprint out there for how do you defend this outside run scheme? How do you stop Sean McVay and the Rams? Well, Belichick gets another chance at it this week. And I'm not saying it's going to be identical, but I think Belichick's pretty comfortable with what, with what the Rams do offensively. And I'm sure he's going to be ready to go after him. Um, but if they, can, if they can get pressure with four or five guys, or I mean, three or four guys and put pressure on golf that they're going to, that's going to be a recipe for success. I will say this. The Rams are heavy, heavy, heavy play auction team. They're outside zone. So you probably won't have three guys rushing. It'll probably be five um, just from a schematic standpoint because you really, if you're playing against an outside zone run team, you need to get on the edge and you need, that means more people down in the line of scrimmage. So we will see, but I'm incredibly excited. Defense peaking at the right time. I, there's this, thing that was going around Twitter and it was like a great day for the Belichick draft picks and undrafted free agents. Josh mm -hmm. Uche, four pressures, three quarterback hits. Kyle Duggar played 87% of the snaps, had two hurries as a safety. Winovich, one interception, two quarterback hits. Stidham went out there, two for three, 61 yards and a touchdown. Michael Onwenu, 100% of the snaps, not one pressure. The number two rated rookie in all of the NFL. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, 183 yards in total, two touchdowns. J.C. Jackson, seventh interception in 13 games. I mean, those are all guys Bill has handpicked and brought in. So mm -hmm. I know everyone thinks Bill can't draft. Well, me, me, give him a chance. Oh, Suck Nikhil it. Harry, touchdown. Uh, no, on a, that was, I was going to yeah, bring that up, Kurt. That was a big old fuck yeah, you on to a you. That was a big old fuck you to me. I talk, sh <laughs> I talk shit about him. I've talked oh. shit about Juwan Bentley. Juwan Bentley yeah. has an... Pro Football Focus has a 90.1 overall grade since he returned to the lineup in Week 11, second best among NFL linebackers. 
which is this crazy is me eating my words. Oh, mm-hmm. I, did I even say Adam Butler? I did say Adam Butler. I think I yeah, yeah. You okay, because I was like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> let's let's have a chat real quick about Stefan Gilmore. Okay? Oh. Because since he's come back, he's been matched up against DeAndre Hopkins yep. and against Keenan Allen. Over two of the top yeah. receivers, literally in all like of the tippity top. Over his yeah. last six games, Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore is allowing 25 yards per game into his coverage and 15.9 coverage snaps per reception, which is six best among cornerbacks. He's playing like an all-pro again. Like He's simply playing like an all-pro. He's defensive player of the year last year for a reason, but it's good to see it him playing like this as we go down a very, very, very important part of the season. Yeah, and Kurt, you covered a lot there. I'm not going to lie. So, like, obviously, I share in all of your excitement. As I was uh, listening to you talk right there, I was looking back on our texts because Kurt and I usually text during the Patriots game. Absolutely hilarious. It was just a lot of ha-ha-ha-ha-has over and over again. I think I texted Kurt. Lawrence guy just fell on him. That looked brutal. That was one of the sacks that we were talking about. So that was hilarious. That was one of the texts. One of the other texts was Kurt reminding me to bring up this stat, which you kind of already mentioned with Gunnar Olszewski. According to our boy Mike Reese, uh, Olszewski had two punt returns for 60-plus yards during the during the game. The entire NFL had has three 60-yard punt returns the entire season combined entering yesterday or entering uh, this week. So that's, again, impressive from our boy, the gun show. And then I think one of the other things uh, – oh, yeah, so – you spent a lot of time right there talking about the defense. I think our offense obviously played well enough. A lot of the points came from here, things here and there. One thing I did want to at least throw out to you, Kurt, to see what your thoughts on this were. What do you think about Cam Newton throwing 19 passes and having 69 yards passing and Stidham throwing three passes and having 61 yards passing? I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you segued to this. Because I think Belichick's got something up his sleeve. I... Like, obviously, we're getting into crunch time here. There's four games left in the season. If you're down by 14 to Buffalo in the third quarter, the Patriots offense with Cam Newton is not really designed to throw the ball like that. Um, And Cam has been very sporadic with I know he has a high completion percentage, but when you throw screens every goddamn play, it's like it's. Oh, that was another thing. You text me over and over again. You were like, screen, 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 screen. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's I I think Belichick might be like, if we're down and we need to throw the ball, I'm going to go to the kid. I'm going to go to Stidham because I he usually Stidham has come in a mop up duty and stunk and he's thrown interceptions and pick sixes. And I'm like, oh, God, I was so high on him. And <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of eating your words, Kurt. But I, it was different this time. And I know the Chargers yeah. were complete. It was 38 nothing when he got in the game. But when you're up 38 nothing, and the unwritten rule in the NFL is you run the football. Like you run the ball, you leave. Right. right. Belichick had McDaniels go out there and run play action pass with, with uh, I almost called him Garoppolo. With, um, oh, God. <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, Stidham. Steady. I was going to call him, oh, God, not Jimmy. Steady. Um, but he looked, I mean, he threw like a 13-yard out to Sony Michelle, and then he threw a dart to Gunnar Olszewski. Dime. Um, he just looked confident, like a back foot hit, and the ball was out. It was it was really, really impressive. Um, but I don't think they did that 
just for shits and giggles. Belichick did that because he wanted to see, can the kid do it? Like, or maybe he was like, can the kid just not throw a pick six this game? Let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> but the offense is doing enough to get by. Right. But I don't think it's enough, nearly anywhere close to enough, if you're going to want to win the next four games. And it's it's frustrating for me because Cam, we saw what Cam Newton did in Seattle. We saw what Cam Newton was able to do in Houston. He threw for 350. Okay. And then he's followed up with an 84 yard performance against Arizona and then 69 against uh, the Chargers. I've never seen a game that was 45 nothing with a quarterback who threw for 69 yards. That, I mean, that, it was just a, we talk about ludicrous a lot, Kurt. That was a ludicrous. It was. Set. It was insane. Um, I, so we'll see. Uh, they have a, t- oh, they, they got a tough challenge this week too. So hold on to your butts, people, because it's going to, it's going to be wild on Thursday night. Yeah, and one other point, Kurt. I know, I know we're we're getting there, but one other point I wanted to ask you: What do you think about? You already mentioned this. What do you think about Sony Michelle? Obviously, he kind of came back and played more than he has been. Yeah, playing I'm glad Sony's back in the mix. I I really, really am. You're gonna need him because if you run Damian Harris, you're such a run heavy team. If you run Damian Harris out there and you give him 30 carries a game, he's gonna get beat up. So now that right. Rex Rex Burkhead is gone, you need you need someone out there. I'm tired of seeing James White only out there when they throw the ball. Like the Patriots aren't fooling anybody. Like they're not like when James White is out there, it's a draw or a screen to James White. So to have a Sony Michelle and to have that second option is really, really important for the Patriots. And I, I know his stat line was meh again, but like he went in there when pretty much the Chargers knew they were running the ball. So I mean, it's not going to look pretty. Um, But I'm, I, I've never really been a Sony Michelle hater. I've always kind of had his back, and I'm glad that he's back out there. I do think he's going to help this team moving forward. I, I just I've said it the last couple of weeks. I need to see more from the past game. Like there's just an unwillingness to do it with Cam, and I perhaps he's the abdomen injury. Perhaps that's flaring up, but like I, you, you're not going to beat the Rams. You're not going to beat the Bills. You're probably not going to beat the Dolphins if you're going to throw for under 100 yards. You have to be more than one-dimensional. Well, Kurt, uh, I appreciate you, the Segway Master himself, doing that entirely because that leads perfectly into this. We are not doing the Patriots game for pick six this week. Why are we not doing that? Because they're playing on Thursday. So, Kurt, unless you object, let's just do that right now, right? Because Wow. You know what I mean? So, speaking of which... You just called out the Patriots. A lot of good things from this game. I'll give a wrap of what you said. A lot of great things. Defense played incredible. Uh, shut down Justin Herbert. Special teams, unbelievable. Offense did enough to get by. The competition's stepping up, even though we're staying in the same place. We're playing the Rams Thursday night again. We're staying in Air. What is it Arizona? No. Yeah, it's Arizona? Or no. It's Los Angeles. LA. LA. I, I got mixed up with the 49ers. In LA for this game. Again, short week, right? Because we just played Sunday. And now we're playing Thursday. Kurt, I'm going to put you on the spot first. What's your official prediction for this game? God damn it. I usually think really long and hard about Patriots <laughs> scores or Patriots games. Okay. Let's I'm gonna walk you through the what's happening in my brain right now. Thought process. Walk, okay. Walk me through. Short week. Short week. Mm-hmm. Usually I will give the advantage to the better coach. Obviously, the better coach in the situation is Bill Belichick, but it's mm-hmm. not a Bill Belichick, Anthony Lynn type game. Sean McVay is a good coach. Yep. Um, so I don't see too much of a difference there. I know the Patriots are six and a half point favorite, um, underdogs. 
So six and a half. Yeah. I mean, I did not realize that. Yeah. Damn. They're big underdogs. So Vegas doesn't think they have a chance. I, okay. Um, (laughs) I, the Patriots are going to win. And I think they're going to win because their defense has improved so much. And the last time I saw Jared Goff on a field versus Bill Belichick, Jared Goff looked like he, like a fucking Teletubby. I just, so (laughs) I, I'm going to, I'm going to put my, put, I'm going all in. I'm putting my pile behind Bill Belichick and I'm going to say, take me to the promised land. Good, sir. Because I, we, we need you this week, buddy. This is the game. This is the season. If they win this game, they're winning out. I said what I said. Okay. So Kurt, let's not beat around the bush. I'm 10 toes in with you. I'm also picking the Patriots this week. And here's why. Number one, I have two kind of reasons why. Number one, the Rams have an unreal defensive line. Aaron Donald, their pass rush is off the charts. They're at the line of scrimmage. They tend to dominate teams. Where I'm going with this is it seems like our run game has been leading the charge in recent weeks, basically for the last however many weeks in a row. It seems like our run game has been doing it. I think knowing that, that we're going to see more from Cam Newton in this game than we've been seeing previously. Not to say that the Rams secondary isn't good. Obviously, they're very good themselves in their own right. But I think we're going to see a lot more from Cam Newton. And hopefully, like you and I have been saying week after week, let Cam throw it down the field. Stop doing these screenplays. Stop doing these shitty tipped passes that go you know, for zero yards. Like, let's let's throw it down the field. I think hopefully Gunner can get more involved after last week. We can do more with him. So I think we're going to see more. I'm not saying he's going to throw for 400 yards, but I think we're going to see more from Cam that we haven't seen. And probably my most important reason I'm picking the Patriots is I it feels weird to say because we're not that far removed from the Texans game. But just seeing how incredibly just fired up, like the vibes, the buy-in, like seeing the players after the game talking about things, hearing the quotes, seeing the people talk on radio shows today. Just it, it just you have this good feeling about all the Patriots players. Like, even though everyone knows there's collectively been some struggle this season and there've been drama and injuries and all that stuff, it seems like right now everybody is just fully bought in and the energy is just off the charts. I think that like again, like they're gonna take this underdog, the six and a half point, what everybody's saying. That's gonna be classic bolt board material, and we're gonna come in absolutely fired up and ready to go on Thursday, and we're just gonna surprise a lot of people with how good we look against the Rams. I oh I would love nothing more. I would love nothing more. I want to throw this in there too. Well, there's two more things I want to talk about. Okay. There have been stuff on Twitter this week that over the last couple of weeks, weeks specifically, Patrick Chung and Donta Hightower have been in like every Zoom meeting with the linebackers and the safeties going over stuff with them. So I... I don't know if that has any correlation to why things have gone so well, but it, like that's cool. They are opted out. Guys are taking the time to, you know, help out the team in other ways than being on the field. That's awesome. Really cool. The last thing I want to get to. Okay. <laughs> if we're keeping tabs on this, and I think we need to keep tabs on it. The Patriots are six and six and the Buccaneers are seven and five. Oh my God, Kurt! <laughs> I can see the grin. For those who can't see, Kurt is grinning ear to ear right now. <laughs> the race is on, Bruno. The race <laughs> is on, and the fact that like the Patriots are six and six with their roster, and the Bucks are seven and five with their roster, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think Belichick's. I think Belichick's. In the lead right now. And I don't like doing that. I don't like doing that because I said last week 
Right. I said last week, I'm so happy that this is going meh for both of them because it shows they both needed each other in that perfect unison to be six times Super Bowl champs together. But it's an interesting theory that they're one game apart in the standings right now. So we'll see where things end. We'll see where they end. But just throwing it out there. Just it, Kurt, I absolutely agree with you. If the tab wasn't being kept before, the tab has must be kept now. So over this last over these last four games for both these teams, Kurt, it's going to be very very interesting to see what our final records end up being. Bartender, keep my tab open. Keep that tab running, Bruno. Uh, we're going to run. We're going to get out of here. But we'll see them on the pick six on Sunday. Yes, and I'm just going to say we should have this Patriots game still count for the pick six, even though it's today. We did it right now. We, we just went it. through it. So yeah. that's guy, mark this, mark this down as a part of the official pick six. Yes, that we will do that for sure. Excellent. Kurt, Bruno and Kurt on the on the Patriots. Or I'm on it. I'm on the bandwagon. Giddy up. I'm on it. Giddy up, horsey. We're, we're taking it to Old Town Road. <sighs> I used to live on Old Town Road. You did. I pointed that out to you one time and you I, lost your mind. Yeah, I didn't realize. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden you did oh my god that was that was <laughs> that was something else bruno take our horse and get us out of here all right folks well uh hopefully you're listening to this in advance of thursday night's game hopefully uh whether you're a patriots fan or patriots hater the patriots win and uh, prove all the haters wrong on thursday looking forward to that game but for now thanks for listening everyone Tune in to our pick six minus the Patriots this week, but plus the Lions. I don't know if we like that little addition subtraction, but it's what you're getting because that's where we are right now. So anyways, tune in on Sunday for the pick six, and we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, y'all. Go Pats. Peace.